You're listening to She is Courageous, a podcast designed to help you step out in boldness, pursue your calling, and grow in faith so that you can be an authentic follower of Jesus. Hosted by Rachel Rupert. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of She is Courageous. Today, I want to talk about being a woman in ministry. This is a topic I've been really excited to talk about for a while. As a woman who's spent time in the church ministry world and as one that continues to work in ministry through a nonprofit organization, I've seen a lot. We're at a time in church history where women are more integrated in ministry than before, but at the same time, it feels like we are decades behind in how women are treated in the church. In this episode, I'm going to share some of my story, but also just some cold, hard facts about women in Christianity today. To start, I just want to say, in virtually any other field or career path, your qualifications and your work experience are enough. There's not really room for negotiation. It's pretty black and white. If you want to be a teacher, you go to college, you get an education degree, and you get some practical experience, and then you are qualified to be a teacher. You apply for a job, and you pretty much can get in. Same with, you know, being a doctor, being a lawyer. There's some things you have to qualify for. There's some experience you have to gain, some education you have to go through, and you go and you, you get out there when you've got it. But in ministry, it's a lot more abstract and fluid. I know many people who are in ministry that don't have a ministry background, and I know people who do have extensive ministry background. And I'm not saying that other job and fields don't face challenges, but in ministry, it's very ill-defined on what qualifies you to be a pastor and what disqualifies you from being a pastor. Here's a little bit of my backstory if you don't know. I grew up in the church and fell in love with church at a young age. My dad was a pastor and I watched him get to love on and minister to other people and see other pastors doing the same thing. And I just loved it. I've always loved the church and it was only after graduating high school, getting into college and realizing that maybe God was calling me into ministry that I ended up switching from a secular field, I was going into psychology, to a ministry degree at a Christian Bible college. When it comes to the educational piece, I definitely have a ministry degree. I have a bachelor's degree in theology with a focus on Christian ministry. You know, I'm not a Google search educated person. I have gone to school. I do have a degree in this. And you would think, and I'm not saying I know ministry is a little bit more complex. You want the right person with the right spirit to have a ministry role. But I would be lying to you if I said that working at a church as a woman was an easy thing. Working as a woman on a church staff can actually be very challenging. And I'll get into that. Uh, there's a lot of positive things happening in the church today. And there are a lot of women leaders that I've been very pleased by the way Um, churches have been allowing women into more prominent roles than they have before, but that doesn't mean that it's easy. It doesn't mean that they face incredible challenges and pushback behind the scenes. As I have researched this, the relation of men and women in faith and in Christianity, I've come across a very compelling study that I want to share with you guys. In a study by Pew Research Center, 
Statistics show that women in the U.S. are more consistent in their faith than men, they pray more, and they have stronger faith in God than men do. The study says, More than 7 in 10 U.S. Christian women, 72% exactly, say religion is very important in their lives compared with 62% of the country's Christian men, according to Pew Research Center's 2014 U.S. Religious Landscape Study, which I will link in my show notes. Roughly 8 in 10 Christian women also say they are absolutely certain God exists and that the Bible is the word of God, compared with only about 7 in 10 men who say this. Like I said, I'll be sharing all this research on my website and I'll include this graphic that shows men are consistently less interested in Christianity and the expressions of religion than women are. If women are more consistent in their expression of faith, they're more sure in their faith, more convicted that God exists, and they're more confident in the word of God. It's surprising to me that women are constantly battling with their ability to be in ministry. And we'll get into some of the reasons why that is. But even just from a logical perspective, if the demographic of Christian congregations is more heavily leaning towards women, in my mind, it makes more sense that you would allow women to be in more ministry positions because let's face it, men and women think differently. They have different struggles and perspectives. And who do you want to be in a position to minister to you if you're struggling? I'll be totally real and transparent. If I have issues as a woman and I need to talk to somebody, I want to talk to a woman. I want to talk to someone who understands the challenges of motherhood and of being a wife, and I don't want a man to stand in that gap and try to understand or relate to me. So it's kind of silly that if the congregation is more female, which it usually is around 60% female, 40% male, the staffing should reflect that. And I'm not even saying, hey, put a female senior pastor. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying, allow there to be enough women on staff that they can minister to that demographic effectively. The data backs us up that we are just as capable as men, and perhaps even more so, to minister to others. If we're putting our heart and soul into prayer, and into the Bible, and into knowing God, and having that faith, doesn't that say that we like consistently. Doesn't that say that we have a stake in being able to minister to others? If Christian women are more devoted and they're more in love with Jesus, we're not there for an ego trip. We're not fighting for feminist rights. If we were, I don't think that, I think it would be more similar. I think the statistics would be more similar. You know, we just love Jesus and we want to help others find that thing that we've discovered, which is our faith and our love for God. I just find that interesting that women are the larger percentage of our faith, the makeup of our faith and the people of our faith is more women. And I just hate that we're fighting to find our voice in the church and that we experience so many setbacks when there's honestly more of us than there are of them. And I'm not a fem like listen, I am not a feminist and I'm not trying to like fight for equality, I'm saying give us an opportunity, right? Give us a chance. If God is doing something in us, which the statistics set us up for that, then let us share that with other people, right? 
I recently pulled the trigger on buying the premium version of a popular streaming platform, Peacock. I'd been watching it free for a while now, only because I really wanted to watch The Office as I listened to one of my favorite podcast, Office Ladies. But what finally made me pull the trigger on the paid version was realizing that they had this collection of super fan episodes that were episodes with almost double the amount of time that they originally aired because they had all these extended scenes. I had to get it. I watched the trailer of them and there was one particular scene that made me laugh and it made me cringe at the same time because it reminded me of something I'd experienced. The scene that played on the Office trailer was Michael asking Pam to go somewhere with him, and she said, I really think I should stay here and answer the phone. And he said, don't worry, Pam, you'll be answering phones for the rest of your life. The camera pans over to her, and she's obviously very offended by this statement. So he looks back and adds, your long, lovely life, then whispers to the camera, saved it. It takes me back to a conversation I once had with a male pastor where he told me that if God wanted me to answer phones for the rest of my life, I should learn to be happy with that. This was his advice to me after telling me that I had been rejected for a job. I look back at the conversation now and I can laugh at how absurd this statement was, but it rocked my world at the time. I was just learning how to speak up and share the desires of my heart and finally getting the courage to say those things out loud. And as soon as I did, I got shot down. And I got shot down many, many times. I was told I was too young, that I wouldn't fit in as a ministry leader. Even though male colleagues of mine that were even younger and had less experience than I had, they were getting promotion after promotion. The bottom line is, the church can be incredibly gender-biased. Where qualifications are black and white in other places, the church is very, very gray. There are many people who would like to die on the hill that women are not allowed to hold leadership positions in the church, thanks to verses like 1 Timothy 2.12, which says, I do not allow a woman to teach or have authority over a man. Instead, she is to be silent. This one verse is taken so literally and universally as the final word on women's role in the church. But if you look at the entire context of the Bible and even Jesus's ministry model, it's clear that this was not a universal statement, but a response to a particular situation. In the Old Testament, we see women given leadership roles. Deborah was a judge. And in the New Testament, Jesus included women in his ministry. Even Paul talks about women in leadership. Romans 16, 1-2 says, I commend to you our sister Phoebe, who is a servant of the church in Sencre. So you should welcome her in the Lord in a manner worthy of the saints and assist her in whatever she may require of your help. For indeed, she has been a benefactor of many, and of me also. In doing further study of this verse, the word servant there is actually the Greek word diakonos, which is also the word for deacon. Here Paul is telling us she is a leader and a minister. Just a little side note, I found a great devotional about this, so if you're interested in further study, I'm going to link it on my website. Paul is constantly mentioning female leaders throughout his letters. 
So to ignore all of that just for the sake of taking this one verse in 1 Timothy to disqualify all women in ministry roles, it's just insane. And it's destructive too. In the Old Testament, Joel 2, 28-29 says, I will pour out my spirit on all humanity. Then your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your old men will have dreams and your young men will see visions. I will even pour out my spirit on the male and female slaves in those days. Similarly, the New Testament reiterates that men and women carry the same level of equality. Galatians 2.28 says, For as many of you have been baptized into Christ, have put on Christ like a garment. There is no Jew or Greek, slave or free, male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Limiting the role of women is just essentially limiting the ability for the Holy Spirit to move. And I want to hit on a really important topic that I feel like no one ever talks about. Where are the fallen women in leadership? All too often, we see these big name, prominent male pastors committing moral failures all the time. There have also been numerous Christian male leaders who have been called out for inappropriate behavior, insensitive political comments, or just bad leadership. I can list name after name after name after name of men who were led astray by pride, who did incalculable damage to their congregation and staff, who were caught in some sex scandal, you name it. How many of these people can you name? How about a woman? Can you think of one? Can you think of one Christian woman leader who has failed? Our prominent Christian women leaders continue to set the standard in their devotion to Christ, in their character, and in integrity. There are so many fantastic, wonderful women of God who portray the most beautiful parts of our faith and our character in Christ. Have you ever heard of any Christian woman leader who's been wrapped up in their pride? Or are they just completely, utterly kind human beings who love Jesus? I can list name after name after name of Christian women leaders who have been examples, mentors, and mothers in the faith. If it's this fear of women being disqualified in their faith, we've proven ourselves faithful. If it's a fear of lack of accountability, we've not only proven ourselves, we've set the standard for it. What's keeping women from being able to thrive in ministry? What qualifications are we missing and what do we need to have? What more do we need to prove to be given a chance? A couple of months ago, I had the privilege of attending this conference about generosity that was targeted for senior and executive church leaders. I was doing it through work, so we had brought up a bunch of stuff from our state to another state, and I'd set up this big booth. I put a lot of effort into making it look great. And my husband happened to join me because we were coming off of a family vacation. The first night, I was very excited. And within a couple of minutes of being there, I could tell that I was being looked down on because I was a woman. From the moment that my husband and I sat down in our chairs, the senior pastor that was at our table refused to acknowledge me. He asked my husband, why he was there. My husband, who 
was only there because we drove together. He had no reason to be there besides just because we were together already. He asked my husband, where did he go to school? What was he here for? What church is he part of? And it was inconceivable to this pastor that I could possibly be the one who's attending this conference. The next day, as we stood at the booth, pastor after pastor refused to look me in the eye. And even though I was standing in front of the booth with an iPad ready to answer questions saying hello, every single one of them veered around me and tried to speak with my husband who was sitting in the corner in a chair on his phone, not making eye contact with them. And that continued to happen. No one would talk to me. No one would look at me. I felt so out of place. I felt ashamed even for being there because they obviously considered me as nothing. And this is normal. This is why I left church staff was because I was tired of being treated like just someone who was there to answer phones or to send emails on behalf of somebody else. It's demoralizing to constantly feel like you have nothing to offer, even though you have so much passion and so much desire to do good. You're just constantly told you're not enough. And I know I'm not the only one who's felt this way, whether you are an entry-level position or, you know, at the very top of the staff, there's still this stigma that working for a woman or working with a woman, that you're superior to them, that you shouldn't be subjected to them, that they don't have as much to offer as you do as a male. And it's just very, very hard to deal with. When I realized how much I was facing at that conference, Part of me wondered if it was even worth the effort to try to reach them. I could keep standing there, getting rejected, feeling like, you know, I was a piece of trash. Or I could just sit down and abandon the booth. I could just go away. I could leave. But another part of me wanted to rise up, grit my teeth, and hold my head high. To keep pushing through and to fight this stigma. As women, we will never make progress if we shrink back when men discount us, if we continue to only meet their expectations of us. I'm well aware that rejection is part of the game, but it doesn't have to be the outcome. Man doesn't dictate our worth or our limitations. God does. And at least for me, he's made it clear that I should keep trudging on, keep going, and just keep my eyes fixed on him. The church has to change and adapt if we ever hope to be a meaningful voice in the world today. It's time for us as women to be considered as more than just a secretary or someone who answers phones. We're just as capable. We have the same spirit in us. Like I said, I've experienced a lot of challenges at times. A lot of great moments too, but some challenges as a woman in ministry. And even though it's been hard and painful at times, it's shaped me into a stronger woman. Because now I know and I'm convinced that my worth isn't defined by human thinking. And my calling and your calling isn't limited by human perceptions of us and our abilities. If anything, it's given me more determination to fight for those who feel rejected by the church and continue to hold people accountable, to model the character of Jesus. If we were listening to the voice of Jesus, 
I don't think this would be as big an issue as it is today. So to all of my female friends, my women in ministry, my women who love Jesus, I just want to encourage you, keep going. Don't let the world define who you are and what you can do. Just continue to look at God and look at Jesus and just let him lead you. I'm fully convinced that no matter what I choose to do in life or what anyone, any of us chooses to do, that all of those barriers we face and the challenges we face, if we just have our eyes on God, he's going to work it through us. He's going to get us through all of this and he's going to lead us exactly where we need to be. One of the biggest lessons I've learned in the past few months is there's nobody holding me back but me. You know, you have freedom. If you have a desire in your heart and a passion in your heart to do something, as long as you're following what God is calling you to do and you're you're letting him lead you, there's nothing stopping you. It was that very conversation about the answering phones thing that was a subject of my quiet time recently where I felt like God just reminded me like, just because somebody said that doesn't mean that you have to hold it like this chain around your ankle. You don't have to drag that around. I'm not the one who said that. I didn't ever say that. And you've been taking it so seriously and so hard and you just need to enjoy. You know, your relationship with God isn't supposed to be this heavy burden. Jesus tells us his yoke is easy and his burden is light. I really think that means that the sky is the limit when it comes to what you can do and who you can be in Jesus. If you are following him, the very specific words I felt like God was telling me in my quiet time when I was processing through this, like a few months ago, it was over the summer, I was writing about this and I just felt like he said, lighten up. This is supposed to be fun. Like this is the time of your life. Enjoy it. Your faith can be fun. Because nobody is supposed to define that but you, you and God. So I know that sometimes it can feel discouraging. Maybe it's not just, you know, being a woman in ministry or being a woman in the church. Maybe it's just in general, the church sometimes feels heavy to you. We've talked about that several times in different episodes. But I think if you continue to just focus on what's really important, which I believe is just getting to know who Jesus is and his character and how he acted and what he did and what he loved. If you follow that, you're going to find the joy in your relationship. And it doesn't have to be dictated by humanity and who, like what people do around you and how they treat you. I know that those things are painful. Trust me. I know how hurtful it can be to hear words like that. And I give you full permission to grieve that and to to process that. But make sure you heal from it because there is so much joy on the other side when you realize that those dumb words are just dumb words and they don't have power over you. And when you overcome that, you have this new joy and energy to just let God be God and let you be you and work together and let him lead you. So... I just encourage you today to just have fun and thrive wherever you are and don't let anybody hold you back. (laughs) That's all I have for today and thank you for listening. I hope this encouraged you and inspired you to continue digging deeper in your relationship with God. If you're looking for new tools and resources to help you grow in your faith, you are not alone. 
check out my website at sheiscourageous.com. If you visit this podcast show notes, I'll link all the studies and research I shared in this episode. In the meantime, would you do me a favor? If you enjoyed this podcast, I would love if you could leave me a review and subscribe so that next time I post an episode, you get a notification. And if you really enjoyed it, please feel free to share it on social media, text it to a friend, or do whatever it is you do to share things. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.